Peter Thomas Fornatal here. We at In The Money Media are so happy to be partnering with Maggie Wolfendale on this new podcast series. On these shows, Maggie is telling the story of the horses through the voices of the people who love them and whose lives have been changed by them. Best of all, they're being produced to benefit our friends at the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, whose mission of saving lives, both human and equine, is so important to Maggie and so important to us at the network. To make a gift to support this show and the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, go to trfinc.org slash offtrack. That's trfinc.org slash offtrack. The next voice you hear will be Maggie Wolfendale. January 15th, 2016, in New York, by Posse, at a bold child, by Flatter. 14 starts, 3 wins, 2 seconds, 2 thirds, earnings $301,667. Winner of 3 New York bread stakes, including the Mike Lee. Jockey club name, Blind Willie McTell. This is his story off track as told by Christy DeBernardis and Caroline Moore. joined by my next guest that is Chrissy DiMernardis and Caroline Moore and they are the current moms of Blind Willie McTell a horse who if you are a fan of New York racing uh, had a prominent role in the last few years here and as I understand has taken quite warmly to his new role as an off-track thoroughbred but first ladies thank you so much for joining me and I can't wait to talk about Willie. Thanks, Maggie. We're excited to be on. Yes, thank you for having us. And first, I always like to get into how you all were introduced to horses in general and especially working with off-track thoroughbreds. And two, Christy, obviously you're a writer for the Thoroughbred Daily News. How were you introduced to the industry? Um, so my dad was really good friends with Robert Barbera, who I know you're familiar with. Maggie's been around Naira for 50 years. Um, they were <laughs> childhood friends. Cool. So um, I, you know, I always had a love for horses, and my dad would take us to Belmont every year to Bobby's Barn for his Belmont Stakes party. And uh, when I began my career in writing, I uh, lived very close to the Thoroughbred Daily News offices, and you know, just uh, went full fledged into racing from there. And uh, in addition to my duties at the TDN, I work very closely with Linda Rice. I do a lot of her media work and uh, now become very focused on the retirement end. Well, I, I see you. You're at the track constantly. Now, really quick, getting back to those Bobby Barbera parties, they they were pretty famous on the backside. A lot of fun. Yes, they definitely were. I was a little young to really enjoy them fully, but uh, I got a couple I got a couple in when I was of age too. So 
Excellent. Now, your role with Linda, you are constantly, as I said, at the racetrack too. So I think, does that give you a really kind of keen eye as to where these horses may fit in their second careers off the racetrack? Yes, for sure. I mean, I was riding before I could walk and, uh, you know, I started out doing a lot of Western riding and then have branched into the hunter jumper business, which is Caroline's focus. And that's how we met through local horse shows and became good friends and have been doing horses together ever since. Um, so, you know, when I'm looking at these horses, like I can look at them and say, well, this is going to be a really good sprinter or a good turf horse, but I'm also looking at them and saying, you know, one day this horse could be a nice hunter or a great barrel horse, or maybe an inventor. <laughs> and, uh, through my time with Linda, I get to really observe these horses and be hands-on with them. And this way, when it's time for them to retire, it's now kind of become my thing because I know like, okay, I know what he could be really good at. And I know who might be a really good fit for him because I have a lot of connections in the, you know, tri-state area with different people who do all different, you know, uh, disciplines. So it's been really helpful in knowing, you know, who's a little extra special and could really blossom. Well, Linda certainly has a spade in her pocket as far as you are concerned. I think that's so great that uh, she just has you as an outlet to find these horses a second homes. Now, you mentioned meeting Caroline. So how? what's the story of you guys getting together? Uh, so we, you know, met through the, just the local horse show circuit. And then we were briefly at the same barn. And, you know, we're the same age. So we became fast friends with our shared interest. And uh, now Caroline has her own business here based in Coltsneck, New Jersey, where she focuses on hunters and jumpers. And she's done a lot of work with retraining off the track thoroughbreds. We've got quite a few here in the barn that have come here, some directly from the track, some not. And uh, so, you know, we've worked together and try to place some of these horses. And I have, you know, some other friends too, that um, I'm kind of doing the same thing with. I've, you know, try to funnel these horses to the right places and then let them take it from there. Caroline, where did your interest in off track thoroughbreds blossom? So I have always kind of been one of the grassroots kids, even when I was growing up riding. So being able to get the horses a little cheaper off the track was always kind of something that I had to do when I was a younger kid. So I had to be the the brave, poor kid when I was growing up. (laughs) Um, And I just always loved their will. They always just, their, their try is so big and they're so athletic and they're so smart and they're so easy and they're just so versatile. So we've really, we have a couple of them in the barn that have all done different things. Some of them just like the trail ride. Some of them go to the horse shows. Some of them just are pets. Um, we've got like six or seven of them in the barn right now that all do different things and make people happy in different ways. And they've just always kind of grown on me. I kind of like that some people think of them as like the tough horses that no one wants to deal with. And I think they're like the diamond in the rough. I love that. It's so true. Now, you mentioned having your own business. What does that entail? You have a a border barn and and you train uh, and give lessons, right? Yeah, we opened up MCL Equestrian and Colts Neck in 2019. Um, We started off pretty small. Now we're up to 30 horses. Um, We do lessons, horse shows, training, boarding. We do a little bit of everything, but kind of stick towards the hunter-jumper stuff. Um, but my prime focus is really on doing the young horses and the problem horses and stuff like that. And especially the horses off the track. Do you ever move them on to other people and disciplines or is that, is that kind of something too you've worked in to your business model, so to speak, as, as finding and selling horses to new owners? Yes, that is the new goal. We just moved to a bigger facility. So I have a little bit more 
access to bringing more in so I can have a couple as sale horses. Um, we just brought in one of Linda's other ones, Bail Out the Bank. Um, I actually have one of my own clients in-house that is super interested in trying him this week, which I'm super excited about because I'd love to keep him in the barn because he's just fantastic to be around. Well, wait a minute. He is an absolute giant. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't you, – he would have to provide his jockey club papers to maybe prove that he's an actual thoroughbred because yeah. he looks as though there's warm blood or draft horse in him. And uh, Christy was telling me about your first ride and that you had actually had to will him into a canter. Yes. I literally was like, how do you even make a horse that doesn't want a canter canter? Like race horses want to go forward. And he was the laziest horse I've ever sat on. <laughs> I told her, Maggie, we always galloped him in company. <laughs> you, you needed it. He needs another horse in the ring. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, I have one of Linda's track ponies here on a little vacation. I said I might have to bust him out and take this horse around. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Well, I mean, he looks like a horse that would just uh, – I mean, I don't know him, but just the, the quick video I saw – and obviously his time briefly on the racetrack, he would just make an amazing hunter. Yes. He is just like so lofty and so quiet. He's got the best personality in the whole world. He's like, oh, he was a barn favorite the day he stepped in the barn. Like he's just like, he's just like Blind Willie, like just great personalities, awesome horses. Well, I'm glad you mentioned him. Christy, talk about Willie's racetrack career because he was owned by Jerry Zero and Jerry bred him as well. And this mare, um, Bold Child, I believe, right, is her yes. name? Yep. Um, she She's produced runners after runners. And obviously, Willie, he's a stakes winner in his own right. So talk about your time around him at the racetrack. So there's kind of a funny story with Willie and Jerry that uh, a lot of people may not know, Maggie, as well, is so I was there for every one of Willie's stakes wins. Uh, I was actually there the day he debuted where he finished a very good second. And after that second, Linda was so confident in him that she sent him right into the Stallion Stakes series that he was eligible for, being that he's a son of Posse. Uh, so he went into that stake and he just blew them away and proved Linda right. And Jerry was shocked and <laughs> thrilled. And then he went and took another stake right after that. And when we were standing in the winner's circle for that second stake, Linda said to Jerry, we got to figure out who we're breeding this mare back to. She deserves a Kentucky stallion next year. And Jerry's face went white. He had had a little bit of bad luck before Willie and got a little disheartened with things. And he had given Bullchild away to somebody he knew. And they were just using her as a nurse mare and a babysitter. So he called them up and they were nice enough to return the mare. And now we've had several of Willie's siblings since then, but it was just a funny little coincidence. And then, um, I'm sure you've seen Jerry's pretty famous for his love for his horses and his love for Willie, especially in the winter circle. He's always hugging Willie and, you know, giving him so much praise. And uh, you, I think the aqueduct owner's room almost came down the day he won the first stake from Jerry cheering so much. Um, and then when he took the Mike Lee at Belmont at three, shocked everybody a little bit because uh, nobody was completely sure he was going to go the distance. But, you know, Willie being one of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Believe me, Linda had a lot of faith. Jerry was not so convinced, but it was worth a, worth a try. And he proved us all right. And, you know, that horse is just the kind of horse that you want to take his side in a dogfight. Like, he is just a fighter. He's not the biggest horse, but he is all guts and all class. And, you know, I told Caroline from the day this horse was a two-year-old, he's just always been the kindest horse and the sweetest horse. And he's always wanted to be a pet. He's like a giant dog. 
you know, and uh, so the day he became available, I said, look, I know you like the bigger horses, but you got to consider this guy because he's just got the kind of personality and the kind of mind that he just will love being someone's, you know, having a person and just being someone's pet, like the way he loved Jerry. And he's always been, you know, very good brained and very easy to handle on the ground. And, you know, what, what I call a, a happy galloper, but never a bad actor. And I just really had a lot of faith that he would make someone a nice horse. And is just the kind of horse that you can't not love being around. What was he like in the barn at the racetrack? Uh, he was like the same way he is now, like really, yeah. you know, never needed a lip chain. I mean, you know, it's very common, obviously, to use lip chains or nose chains, but he was the kind of horse that didn't need it. He had a puppy dog personality. He was always in your pocket, always very curious, always loved attention, wanted to, loved being the center of attention, especially. And it was always like a very fun, kind horse, out of the stall, ears pricked, looking for pets, looking for love, wanting to hang out with everyone, never given a hard time, easy to handle, easy to bathe. You know, same way he galloped on the track the same way, you know, all the riders loved him. You know, it's uh, was kind of interesting because this was the first time for Caroline working with a racehorse that had been a really good racehorse. Most of the ones we get are failed racehorses. <laughs> Caroline, what's the difference that you've noticed? Because as someone who's taken several horses off the track myself, I always seem to end up with the ones like Willie that, you know – Maybe they're not stakes horses, but they've had long racing careers. What's been, has there been a marked difference between him and the ones that you've gotten that are just lightly raced? I don't know if it's just Willie or how those horses are in general, but he is a perfectionist. Yeah. If he touches a rail, if he doesn't do the lead change perfectly, he gets not, he doesn't get naughty. He just gets like, oh my God, I didn't do it perfectly. I must try that again. He is just like, he is a try hard. He has the biggest heart in the whole entire world. And he puts that in every single thing I ask of him. Um, he's so different because I can, I mean, he's only eight months off the track now. Yep. I can have one of my working students jump him around like two foot six with a lead change, or I can put my walk trot kit on him and he'll like do an up down lesson and be dead quiet, perfect little puppy. Like he is just, he is the jack of all trades and, I don't know why someone hasn't bought him from me yet because he is just <laughs> the <That's> perfect horse. <laughs> everybody that rides him is shocked that she still has him. <laughs> he well, is just the perfect horse. Chrissy, how much do you get to ride him? Um, I've been on him a handful of times. Just with my schedule, I'm just always, you know, back and forth. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I definitely, you know, try to get on him when I can. And it's kind of a fight to ride that horse around here, I got to tell you. <laughs> He's quite popular. <laughs> Jockeying for position. How long did he take to, to get to that point? Because I know a lot of racehorses off the track, you're not apt to immediately, you know, start them as a quote unquote lesson horse to have, you know, kids on him, uh, on them. Uh, and as you said, he's only been off the track eight or nine months. So how long did he get take to get to that point? So he was always very well-brained since the day he stepped off the truck. Um, so I also run a really big working student program. Um, so I always kept looking for one that would be a good candidate to help the the working students get a chance to like, see what it's like to break a racehorse and, yeah. you know, do it with me and kind of be hands-on in the whole situation. Like the kids that want to grow up and do this for a living also. And he was that horse. Like I was able to put my 16 year old kid up on him and lead him around the first time, you know, and, Two or three times after that, he was walk trotting and cantering around on the rail. Um, 
a good benefit to Willie is he is a small horse, so he's he's done growing, you know, these big 17, 16, 3, 18 hand big giants that we keep getting in. They're so gangly and still growing, so it's hard to push them like in any speed um, just because they're not ready yet. But with Willie, he's so compact and fully grown already. And um, since he does have so many races under his belt, you know, we know his soundness will hold up and all that kind of stuff, which is always a good thing to know with them. Um, I think he's, he's just, yeah, he's, he's coming on six this year. So that's a big thing, you know, with fail out the bank, he's only three. So we got to go super slow. My personal horse, I pulled him off the track when he was three and he'll be six this year. And we've gone super slow with him because he's an uncle Mo baby and he's giant and never stopped growing either. So it, it seems like those uncle Mo's, it takes their front end forever to catch up with their oh hind end. His, his hind end has been 18 hands since he got here and his front end. Barely seventeen two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who did did he run? Yeah, he ran. He ran in Jersey though. He ran at Mammoth Park. Um, he was a New York bred. He was a New York bred originally, but I got him from Mammoth. Um, What's his name? Uh, his race name was Nepper. Nepper. Okay. Yeah, he was not a good racehorse. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of of good racehorses, gosh, I'm looking back through uh, Willie's PPs and. Uh, Yalpon is in there. Um, some really good New York breads such as Banquet and Funny Guy litter his uh, his past performances. So, Christy, for you, seeing him on the track and now seeing him like this, what what is how gratifying is that for for you to witness? Oh, it just makes my heart so happy, Maggie. Especially like I said, Willie. I feel like we've kind of been through it all together. Because uh, I was there for his first race. I was there for all of his wins. So that's going back to a two-year-old. And he's now technically six with the turn of the calendar. So uh, and he was just, like I said, one of those horses that was special from the beginning. Uh, not just because of his talent, but just because of his personality and the aura he had about him. You know, I, as you know, being somebody who's been around a lot of good racehorses, the good ones just have that way about them. Um, you know, Wayne Lucas calls it the look of eagles. And uh he was just like that classy from the start. And I always was kind of attached to him just because of his personality. And he was fun to follow, obviously being so talented and brought us a lot of fun with the whole, the whole barn and the team and Jerry and Linda, you know, did a fantastic job with him and the several riders he had as well. And, you know, so it's such a great experience to not only help him move on to the new career and place him personally, but I was lucky enough to place him with, one of my very best friends. So I get to see him all the time still. And I love watching these kids lesson on him or jump him around or me ride him myself. So you should and- have seen Christy's face when she got to trot that horse over a cross rail. <laughs> this Western loving girl that I have forced to become a hunter jumper girl was pretty, pretty awesome to watch her, you know, get to ride him in a different aspect and see him shine in the other ways. You know, I watch these guys all, every day and I'm like, oh, I would ride that one. I would ride that one. So it's fun <laughs> when you actually get to do it. Um, it really he is. Rides, he does anything. That's so amazing. That makes me so happy because I I remember him at the racetrack too. And I remember you were talking about Jerry and when he won the, um, the Stallion Series race. And he was like, Linda told me, Linda told me. <laughs> and he was just so elated. He got so happy. And it's just such a, a wonderful I don't want to say ending because obviously he's just starting this second career, but just a lovely story to have a horse that brought so many people happiness on the track and still bringing smiles off the track and just relishing his new role. Um, Christy, for you, you, as you said, you have many roles. 
How important is it for you, though, to stay being a writer? You know, sometimes you get a little bit maybe removed from the hands on day to day equestrian life, but having this role that you have with Linda, being able to go back to Jersey and ride with Caroline, how important is that for you? And how much balance does that give you in your life? Oh, it's it's very necessary balance. Like I said, I grew up riding horses. Um, I've always been a quarter horse girl as far as my riding horses, mostly. Um, you know, I had my mare for 15 years and I just had to say goodbye to her this summer at oh. 32. Uh, oh, wow. And I spent every morning with her. The beauty of the TDN schedule is we start a little later. So I'm yeah. usually able to spend my mornings in the barn, get my ride in, get my head on straight <laughs> and go to work. And like you said, sometimes as writers, we are not always on site. So I really love uh, being able to spend my time in the barn at Belmont as well and really get hands on with these horses and really just learn every aspect of the industry. I think if you don't do that, you don't really know what you're writing. You know, you can't really say... Er- the truth of everything if you're not on all sides of it and can really experience it. Um, you know, and I love giving back to these horses because they fund my life. You know, that's what pays my bills is these thoroughbreds. And, uh, you know, because a lot of people are like, why don't you flip them and stuff? And, you know, I said, I don't like to do that. I think, you know, they've already given me so much. I'm not trying to profit off of their next step. I just like to get them in the right hands and get them in the right spot and hope that they can flourish in their new careers and show everybody that, you know, the stigma that a lot of people have against thoroughbreds is just not true at all. <laughs> no, it's it's not at all. And have you taken any OTTBs and done any Western with them? Um, Not yet, but, you know, I wouldn't th- – I would think Willie could make a nice barrel horse. <laughs> <laughs> we also recently placed Willie's brother, Thunderbird Cafe, who yep. didn't have the career that Willie had, but, you know, broke his maiden – at Saratoga and uh, was grass horse. And we decided it was just time to move him along. And he's actually here in New Jersey as well. He's not at Caroline's. He's with another friend of mine who actually works for Dr. Hogan. Oh, Uh, nice. So she does some retraining. So they've just started riding him and they cannot say enough nice things about him. They are in love with him. Um, She also had Notorious Flirt, who you will remember from the Naira circuit. Yep. Um, She had him and she adored him promised her husband that she would uh, advertise him, hoping that nobody would bite. And the first woman that came cried when she got off of him because she loved him so much. And he is now in Maryland getting ready to be a fox hunter. And he's out in a giant field with 10 other horses. And he just gets brushed every day. and sat as a brood bear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. Um, And two, not to get – you know, hark on Jerry, but I think he deserves a little bit of credit here because he does make sure his horses are well taken care of after, you know, they're done at the racetrack. Oh, he, he comes does. and visits Willie. He comes with bags of carrots. His son comes and visits him. He was like astonished when we showed him the video of him from the horse shows. He was like, so he's like, he's still like the dad, like the biggest fan. He gets such a kick out. He makes me so happy. He's like the coolest owner ever. He's so cool. Maggie, he's dying to ride Willie. <laughs> yes. 
please. He, he keeps asking if he can come ride Willie. So we've told him he can come take a lesson on a different horse. And then we would let him walk around on Willie after. We want to make sure he brushes up his skills a little bit. Um, but he's dying to get on Willie. And he is, I do give Jerry a lot of credit. You know, he is one of those owners that's very good. Like I said, I've personally helped place two of his horses. And I know that, you know, those are not the first ones that he's put in the right place. Um, Willie's other brother, Blackjack Davey, went to New Vocations a few years ago. Just the ones that I you know, no, since I've been around the Linda Rice barn. Um, so, you know, and like Caroline said, he's always, he was so shocked when I showed him a jumping video. He just thought that he was going to just like plop around, you know, hang out in a field, maybe ride a little bit. He didn't actually think he was going to do things and be good at them. <laughs> so he was very surprised that Willie had such mass talents. <laughs> well, from what I understand, yes, Willie is pretty much good at everything that he tries. I think that's so <laughs> wonderful. So, you guys have also been very bold and took Willie on a horse show as well. So tell me about that. So we took Willie Labor Day weekend. So in the beginning of September. So just, um, just as a little preface, Maggie, the horse last race in April, we, yes. got, we got him in May. We got him the first weekend in May. Um, first weekend in September, we took him to the Ludwig's Corner Horse Show up in Glenmore, Pennsylvania. Um, How long a of a trailer horse. ride is that? Uh, he got on the big rig and shipped with the other show horses and, uh, it was like a two and a half hour trailer ride. Um, he got off the trailer just like all the, the seasoned show horses went in the stall, lived in the stall for the three days that we were there. Um, thought this was the funniest racetrack he's ever seen. Yes, he did. <laughs> but like, this was an angel. Um, and then he showed in the two foot thoroughbred classes with a junior. He was only 16, the kid that rode him. Um, jumped around, brave as anything in the big oval, didn't get to school any of the jumps. Um, he ended up getting ninth place out of like 27 horses, I think, at his first horse show. Wow. <laughs> all the flower boxes and the big pretty jumps and all that kind of stuff, which we don't have at home. We just have like regular standards and poles. So he was super brave and super fantastic and everyone loved him like literally the whole entire crowd was just like cheering for him because he would like jump up so well and land in a heap and he was just such a good boy and i mean what told you that he was ready for this he just is that horse he just like he wants to know what's next like he just gets bored if he wants if you want him to do the same thing over and over and over again so he loves change he loves he likes to just go ride into battle, basically. He's like, what's next? Tell me more. You know, I, I think the thing about Willie is, um, like we were saying earlier, the difference, especially let's say him and Bail Out the Bank, is Bail Out the Bank came here as a three-year-old, now technically four, but he's an April Fool. Willie came here as a mature five-year-old with several races under his belt, you know, campaigned at three racetracks. He'd been around the block. So it's you can have more confidence and go a little more forward with a horse like that who's done growing and pretty seasoned and, you know, Bail at the bank had two races. He hasn't done a ton. Willie's been there, done that. So he's ready for anything. Amazing. Well done, guys. He, he did do another horse show since then. He's done yeah. uh, a local show. He went and to a local show over here in Freehold, again, with the 16-year-old kid that rode him. And he went in. It was funny because the first course that they had to do, uh, Christian and Willie had to go in first. And the first jump was a little questionable. Like he could go off the right lead or the left lead. And we're like, well, Willie's left lead is better. Like, let's do the rollback turn to go to the first jump. And 
every single person after that was like, oh, shoot, should I do that too? Like, that was super brave and super cool. And like, no one else could pull it off like Willie did it. <laughs> yeah, I, I walked up. I didn't get to go to the show in Pennsylvania, Maggie, but I made sure I went to this one. And um, Caroline had a lead line student in at the same time. So obviously the little kid needed her attention. So I walk up and Christian's like, thank God you have to come in the ring with me. I was like, <laughs> but he did not need me at all. He was perfectly fine. I just stood at the gate and cheered him on, but they, they did not need any help. <laughs> and Christian, you mentioned who, who's ridden him at both of these shows. And does he still ride him? Yes, he does. He is my working student. So he does a little bit of everything for me, but Willie has been one of his main men. You know, he rides him four or five times a week for me. And, uh, they I, I joke. Best friends. They, he calls him his horse. He's not mine. I'm like, can you start paying the bills then? <laughs> yeah, he's he's his horse, except, you know, if he's really muddy, then he's my horse or Caroline's horse, because Willie does love a good mud puddle. Um, girls, so at the end, I always like, of these podcasts, I like to ask just some quick rapid fire questions about the horse um, that we're talking about. So for Willie, well, and you guys can speak up and fire anything you want at me. But as far as Willie goes, what is his favorite treat? Goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. We've done some weird ones lately. And goldfish. He really loves, he really loves basically anything. It's, he loves anything. Caroline has a dog, Brody. <laughs> and anytime I eat anything, it's Brody and Willie over my shoulder. And I don't really get to eat anything. He eats French fries. Really likes French fries, too. It's good um, for the waistline. Like really yeah, salty. he's he a big salt guy. <laughs> oh, see, most horses are sweet fans. No, he's a big salt guy. I've gotten in a little bit of trouble for spoiling him, and he's a little bit of a beggar about it. <laughs> I love it. But I okay. keep telling uh, the kid who rides him whenever he yells at me for giving him too much treats, I said to him, well, when you make $300,000, you can make the rules. <laughs> And until then, Willie can have whatever he wants. <laughs> that is a good plan. Okay. Now, this one always gets people a little bit stumped. But if Willie had a theme song, what would it be? God. All I do is win. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> that's what he thinks about his life, no matter what he's doing. He has a pony he's obsessed with. He thinks he's like the ruler of the paddock out there. He just, he thinks like his shit don't stink, basically. <laughs> It's so great. Oh. Okay. Now, if he – let's pretend he's a person. You're out in the town. What would his drink of choice be? Whiskey, probably. Yeah, I was going to say, he'd be classy, but not like not like champagne classy. <laughs> <laughs> a good whiskey would make sense. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. <laughs> um, what is his favorite thing to do, whether, you know, going out in the paddock or being ridden? I'd say he loves to jump. He yeah, gets, he does. He, like, will take you to the jump. He just loves it. Like, paddock time is definitely not his favorite thing. He loves his pony friends, but he, he tells you when he wants to come inside. But he he loves to jump. He always has since the day we introduced it to him. He's always been game and so happy about it. I would say trail riding probably second to that. Yeah. That's definitely. awesome. Because sometimes it takes thoroughbreds, you know, you, you're putting an obstacle in front of them and – that usually doesn't occur. So it, it usually takes him a little bit of sometimes some warming up to, but I like that he's he's eager. Yeah. He's very been brave and yeah, try hard. Brave. Like he's always jumped too high, you know? It's always like, okay, Willie, stop trying so hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's it what's his biggest dislike? Flies. Oh yeah. He hates bugs more than any horse I know. <laughs> the thin skin. <laughs> 
what is and and this can kind of be in general with the off track thoroughbreds, but what's the biggest thing that he or they have taught you? I would say in general, patience. Yes. I was trying to think of like a good word. <laughs> definitely patience. Because I mean, it's kind of why I started doing the thoroughbreds in general, because I watch I watch and this might sound bad to say, but I watch a lot of trainers push horses too fast and too hard. Mm-hmm. So I've always really appreciated taking it slow, keeping them sound, making them happy, and really getting a nice horse at the end of the day. I couldn't I, agree with I you. I would more. say him in particular, I guess, uh, to never underestimate him. Yeah. And that's that's <laughs> through his racing career too now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He is the ultimate overachiever. Um well, ladies, thank you so much for your time and for providing an awesome life for, for Willie. Oh, thank you, Maggie. We really yes. appreciate you having us on. Thank and, you uh, so much. You know, Willie, I will tell you, has so many fans. <laughs> he should and probably have an Instagram. He really should. <laughs> Whenever I post him on our social media with updates, I can't tell you how many people, you know, uh, respond to it and are so excited to see him continuing to succeed. So, uh, you know, I'm glad that he's getting even more press. <laughs> so to well, speak. it sounds like you need to add one more thing to your uh, your repertoire, and that is uh, the Blind Willie McTell fan club manager. Apparently, <laughs> I, I basically am the unofficial first member and manager. Well, actually, Jerry will be the first member. I'll have to be number two. Uh, I haven't I haven't told him about this podcast yet, so it'll be very exciting for him when it comes out. <laughs> oh, I hear I, I I hope he gets a chance to listen. Hope he will listen. And again, thank you so much for everything. Thank you, Maggie. Thank and you thanks so much. Thank you for what you do to support the uh, off the track therapist. to hear all the stories that we have on the Off Track podcast about these X-Race horses, but I especially love to hear the stories about the horses that I personally remember running on the track, and I remember Blind Willie McTell in the paddock and winning those stake races as he did early on in his career, and just such an honest soul as it was relayed by uh, Caroline and Christy, and Christy working with Linda Rice, you know, really wanted to emphasize how Linda is very attuned to knowing when to stop on a horse and giving them a second chance at a different career away from the racetrack. And she's like many of the trainers that we do have in this game. And it's so nice to hear about Willie and some of the other horses that uh, Christy has taken from Linda's barn and how they're succeeding in second careers. But Blind Willie McTell is a special horse to a lot of people. And I can't wait for that video Jerry Zero hopefully riding is a former a charge so as always if you want to support us on the off track podcast and support the horses who can't go on to second careers that's where the thoroughbred retirement foundation does come in and if you want to support them make sure you go to trfinc.org slash off track to donate